0: Ms. Baker you need to come to Athens and I said I'm planning on coming and she said we have a body
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome back to Classic City Crime. I'm Cameron ji I hope you've all had a great week. I know that we have, as we've already reached people in 40 states and 5 countries with the story of Tara Louise Baker. And that's my goal, to tell the world of who Tara Baker was, what she meant to so many people as you found out in episode 1, what happened to her, and to ultimately obtain justice for Tara and those she left behind. Now isn't that why we're all here? I must say that I, Cameron Jay, am crazy enough to believe that you and me, together, can make a difference in this case, and who knows, maybe even solve it. If you haven't listened to episode one, I encourage you to go back and listen right now. It paints such a beautiful portrait of Tara Baker, with her mother, sister, and brothers as the artist. And remember, this is all about Tara and her family, which brings me to another detail that I want to share with you before we dive into episode two. If you did listen and you wanted to let the family know something or share a thought or let them know that you're thinking of them, I have good news. When you now visit ClassicCityCrimePodcast.com slash Tara Baker, you can send the family a message and I'll be sure that it gets to them. Now, fun fact, I record these episodes the day before I release them, so as to make sure that I am delivering what is the latest information. Now, I spoke with Miss Virginia, Tara's mom, who you met on episode one by text today. And before we go any further, I wanted to tell you what she said to me. She said, please find a way to express to your listeners how much Tara was loved. And I think by the end of this episode, you'll see exactly what Miss Virginia meant. And with your help, by sharing and telling people about this podcast, you're helping share Tara's story and love with the world, too. We really do appreciate it. Like Tara's best friend from UGA Law School, Katie, said, every time Tara Baker's story is told, it keeps her memory alive for that much longer. And that's where we'll pick up right here with Episode 2, as we continue to learn more about who Tara was before that tragic day in 2001, when she was brutally murdered in her Eastside home, which we'll get to the details of soon. But for now, I want to introduce you to Katie and Eugenia, who were Tara's best friends when she came right here to Athens, Georgia, the classic city, to pursue her dream of becoming a lawyer, an advocate, the champion of the underdog. Katie Lonstein now lives in Washington, D.C., where she is an attorney. But in 2001, she was in her first year of law school here at the University of Georgia, where she met Tara Louise Baker at orientation, and let's just say she knew right then they'd be friends.
2: Uh, we met on the first day. Yeah, law school's weird. I don't know what you what your corporate job was or what kind of school you had to go through, but law school is just kind of an odd beast where people, you know, they throw so much at you right away that it's like you just instantly huddle up and become friends, plus you're all separated into um, sections. They call sections. Mm-hmm. We were section, oh God, what were we? Why, I think, mm-hmm. um, it's been like 20 years, I don't know. Um, and so those are it's a, a smaller subgroup of the overall class and it's only about, I don't know, 40
1: people, Okay. 30.
2: So you're already smaller, you know, so you just sort of get selected. And so Tara, Jenya and I, A, we're in the same section, and then B, happened to sit near each other at uh, orientation, Um, and I I know I spoke to Jenya first, but she had already spoken to Tara, and the three of us became quickly inseparable.
1: Eugenia, who went by Jenya at the time, was who you hear Katie mention, and she too remembers that meeting at orientation that would spark a friendship that under normal circumstances at least, would have probably lasted forever
3: always trying to help help you if you didn't know anybody and I was new to Georgia. I had just moved down there and, you know, she was really helpful about trying to help me get acclimated and um yeah, she she had a really big heart.
1: Yeah. Um so would you say that the friendship was pretty instantaneous?
3: Yeah, pretty instantaneous. Um especially once we started classes and um, <laughs> that insanity began with <laughs> law school. So uh, Yeah, it was pretty instantaneous and we were in the library together studying and trying to just survive law school.
1: Remember how Tara's family said she knew how to make everyone feel special? Well, that's how she made Eugenia feel too.
3: They had the Socratic method which was always so much fun in law school. Um, and so when when professor would like pick on you um, <laughs> and ask you to stand up and answer the questions for the whole class um, so I remember I got called on and I was <laughs> I was just clueless about what what I was being asked and everything and it was just one of those moments after class that it's like you know, this sucks what am I doing and um, she was really positive about it and supportive and um, reinforcing, you know, just, you know, we're all in this together. This is hard for everybody. Don't worry. Stick with it kind of thing. So, um, so yeah, that was one one time that she was really helpful.
1: There it is again, the common theme of Tara making every single person around her feel so special. Katie told me a story about Tara that made me think of a young me. Take a listen to this.
2: Tara used to go to graveyard cemeteries on her weekends when she wasn't with us and just go clean them because nobody else was doing it. So she just had this sort of sense of needing to do what was right, even if it was kind of crappy or lonely or... Whatever she just took care of things that needed to
1: be doing now, yes, I was totally the kid who, while all the other kids were playing after church, would be picking up flowers and dusting off graves in the church cemetery. I guess that was a foreshadowing of my later service as an apprentice funeral director and embalmer, but anyway, together, Tara, Eugenia, and Katie became those friends just trying to survive law school together, and I must admit, while I've known some people who have gone to law school, I don't think I realized just how strenuous it was or could be until I talked to Katie.
2: Your first year is pretty intense. Um, I honestly, after Tara died, uh, because it had been so intense, I almost just quit because I was like, I can't do this and deal with my bestie being murdered. Mm. Um, I didn't, obviously, which was good. But, um, so let's see, we would have had five-ish classes, you know? But you work and study probably 10, 12, 14 hours a day uh, during the week. It's pretty, pretty hard on the weekend, but of course also study a lot.
1: Gosh, can you even imagine your second semester of law school, your whole world and future ahead of you, your best friend beside you, and then suddenly they're just gone? It's a hard thing to grasp if you've never experienced it. Katie, if you're listening, I'm proud you stuck it out, and I know Tara must be too. If you're listening and you're from the classic city, Athens, or you were here for a moment in time as a student, then you know all too well that it's quite an interesting place, well, to say the least. There are literally 90 bars within one square mile, or so the saying goes at least. There's music, arts, and a lot of political involvement and in activism here in Athens. And weirdly, it all finds a way of just meshing together in a unique way. The life of the university students and the Athenians, who have called the city home for quite some time. Now, I can honestly say when I came to UGA in 2013 from a small town in South Georgia, I personally was not prepared for the fun and freedom that came along with coming to college. Eh, We won't go there, but I'm sure you get the picture. I did say 90 bars within one square mile, right? Anyway, in the midst of all of that, Eugenia remembers Tara Baker as someone who was able to enjoy it all and doing a damn good job in law school at the same time.
3: We studied a lot. We were in the lab- <laughs> we were <laughs> we were in the library a lot, um, and I mean we were there till like midnight um, most nights. Um, but I mean we would take a break and go downtown. I mean the nice thing with the law school being where it was, and mm-hmm. we, would, we would just walk downtown and take a break and get some food together and. Kind of unwind that way. Um, we would make sure that we would be tailgating and going to some of the football games. Mm-hmm. Um, what else did we do? Then Katie and Tara and I would like go and we'd do like some shopping and we went out and tried to just walk around downtown and um, Tara showed us around a lot. So. Our lives pretty revol- pretty much revolved a lot around studying and...
1: Now, just a quick note about football. I don't know much about it, but it is really big here. So, for the sake of all the UGA fans listening, I will say at once, go Dogs! But let's continue talking about Tara as a law student. Katie says she was studious, studied hard, and yes, she did find some time to have fun, too.
2: Like I said, she was more studious than I was, but <laughs> she... But we had a lot of fun, also. I mean, uh, I have lots of very fond memories of you know parties at different people's places, well, bars usually because um, <laughs> uh, you know everybody was in like a tiny apartment
0: So wow.
2: um and shopping, which sounds very uh, I guess pointless or whatever, but you know, at the time it was fun, it was a release, it was something easy to do mm-hmm. um, and uh yeah.
1: So now you know the Tara Baker that was here in Athens at UGA Law. But, you know, she was the same person all along. Next, I want to introduce you to Ashley Peavy. She was Tara Baker's friend. They attended undergrad together and roomed together at Georgia College in the small town of Milledgeville, which is not too far south of Athens, and I do really bump into this town every time I drive four hours south to my hometown, Baxley. Tara's sister Meredith introduced me to Ashley online, and talking to her really helped me learn a lot about Tara. But I had a question for Ashley because, as anyone who's been through Milledgeville knows, I wanted to know what in the heck could two girls find to do in Milledgeville, Georgia as college students?
4: Well, I mean, like any college, I mean, you you would go out. But I will say every weekend she went home and helped work the family business. Mm. I mean, she was very dedicated to that. And, not you know, some weekends she would stay, but I mean... We had fun going to different parties, but, I mean, you know, what? we had almost more fun sitting back watching. We'd watch old school movies, you know, The Pretty in Pink and Sixteen Candles and, you know, just fun movies, popcorn, staying in, um, just having girl time, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, because mm-hmm. we weren't wild and crazy. I mean, we like to go out, but we weren't big partiers either, if that makes sense. Sure, sure. Like, you know, we we enjoyed just time off.
1: Ashley Peavy met Tara Baker at Middle Georgia College in the Alpha Delta Pi sorority, where Ashley soon became an officer.
4: Once you're an officer, you live in the house, and we end up being roommates just by chance. And it was probably mm-hmm. the best thing to ever happen to me. You know, found, you sometimes find that one person that you are like, you know, that's your, your person. And that right. she was definitely my person, and... um. But anyway, we were roommates throughout that time, and Mm -hmm. uh, just, you know, we get along like, when you meet someone, and, I mean, we just clicked, and pretty much we're best friends from the get-go, so.
1: You can only imagine how hard this is for people I interview to talk about. The thing I hear in their voice is the same thing that I heard in people's voices for three years when I worked in the funeral home it's a hard thing to hear sometimes. It's hard for me, too. And if you're listening, I just want to remind you that it's okay to feel, it's okay to pause, it's okay to reflect, and then I do encourage you to jump right back in. Ashley knew Tara was special, and just like her law school buddy, Eugenia, Tara made Ashley feel special, too.
4: Uh, actually, I have a funny story about that. Um, like I said, we lived in the house together, and this was, you know, 90s. And uh, Mm -hmm. so cell phones weren't a big – I mean, I had a cell phone, but it was emergency only, and you didn't keep it charged. You know, we -hmm. just didn't rely on them. And so I went to see a friend, and she was still in class when I left. And I guess I told someone where I was going, but I I guess someone in the house, whoever she spoke to didn't know. Well, she arranged the whole search committee because she didn't know where I was. She drove all around Village Hill trying to find me, call everybody. And like I was at, we have, you know, little sisters, and big sisters in sort sorority, and I was my little sister. She had a search party going throughout the town. And, you know, and so when I came back, I mean, she blessed me out. You know, you could not tell, you know, but it's just knowing that someone's always looking out for you, you know, that just shows like, okay, you know, you know, we got to leave a note or something, you know. <laughs> but, you know, that's what friends are for, too, so –
1: But Ashley, she was more than Tara's roommate in Milledgeville. She came right here to Athens to continue her studies at the University of Georgia after graduation. But Tara moved back home. After all, like you found out on episode one, and like Miss Virginia reminded me today in text, Tara was all about family. But it wasn't long before Tara Baker was ready to move to Athens, where she met Eugenia and Katie and joined her old friend Ashley in a home on the east side of Athens at 160 Fawn Drive. Yes, that's right. Ashley was Tara's roommate at the time of her death. The murder occurred in Ashley and Tara's home. We've heard so much about Tara now, who she was, what brought her to the classic city, and the type of friend she came to be for so many people. And, let me just say this, the inspiration that I know she's becoming to a lot of you right now. So you can only imagine how shocking the news that Tara Baker had been attacked and killed in her Athens home was for those she loved. We'll be right back. Self-quarantine got you down about your current home? Does your roof leak or floor creak? Is there a man-eating clam in your backyard? Contact local real estate expert and Athens, Georgia's second favorite realtor, Jarrett Martin, with Keller Williams Realty Greater Athens. If you're considering selling your current home or buying your first, warm and friendly with a little dry wit thrown in for good measure, you're sure to love Jarrett Martin. Visit www.athensgeorgiahomes.com. All right, for those listening, if you've lost a best friend to an accident or a tragic circumstance, you know how hard that news is. In fact, I'll never forget the moment that I learned that I had lost mine. It was a painful moment that is forever etched into my mind, that pit in your stomach, the weakening of your knees, the inability to breathe or at even times think. It's rough. It's tough. And please know that these next few moments may be hard to hear. Katie and Eugenia were the last two people to see Tara alive on Thursday, January 18th, 2001, just two days before Tara's 24th birthday, just one day before she was killed. The three were studying in the law library, and Katie remembers that night like it was yesterday. I remember
2: all of it, very specifically. Take me there. So, uh, so Thursday, Thursday night, uh, you know, it's... Still, the beginning of the semester, so we didn't have a ton of work, but we were in the library pretty late. Uh, Tara and I were, um, and we were working on a paper of some kind that was due. Um, couldn't tell you what class, probably, probably property. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Uh, and I just remember her computer was had this really loud fan, and it would always really disrupt the quiet room. <laughs> <laughs> so she would sort of wave at it and like shush it which was just silly but that was her thing and it's really funny um and uh and i did what i always did which was she stayed longer and i was like no this is good enough i'm gonna go home it's 10 o'clock at night i don't feel like being here and i would walk home because i lived really close mm-hmm. to law school just over the railroad tracks and Tara always worried about me walking home at night, especially over the river tracks, etc. And um, so she said the same thing she always said, which was make sure I call her when I got home. Which, of course, I did not. So I got home and I started talking to some boy that I had started seeing. Uh, and so she forgot. Um, and then she called me about, I don't know, 11. Um, probably been about an hour. And fussed at me. And that was it. That was the last time I spoke to her.
1: And, and then she died. And Katie, a lot of things, or a lot of things that I've read say that there was a friend that she had last spoken to. Are you that known friend? Are you are you the last person? Yep.
2: that's me. I'm it. I'm the last person.
1: Don't forget that important detail now. Katie Lonstein, Tara's Law School BFF, was the last person to speak to Tara alive. Eugenia remembers the night very similarly as well as the three worked together to get the last few moments of studying in before Tara's 24th birthday celebration that coming Saturday.
3: We were all there that night studying and I think she had said something that she was going home and one of the roommates wasn't there or wasn't going to be there and she made a comment about staying safe and being careful walking to her car and mm-hmm. keeping the door locked the doors locked because she was really, she was really cautious about having the doors locked.
1: So you can only imagine how surprising it must have been for Katie and Eugenia when on January 19th, that Friday, their partner and studious friend did not show up to class.
3: So after that night, I think it was that Friday night that we were going to be going out because mm-hmm. it was like the weekend and we were going out that Friday to celebrate her birthday Right. Um I mean we were just in class like any other day. I mean it was it was just a Friday and we were just wondering why she wasn't there and what happened and um you know I mean we just it was a day like any other day and
1: neither of them knew what would come next. Katie tried contacting Tara all day Friday as she went on about her night with no luck. And then Saturday did come.
2: Uh, So I, we had all gone, you know, we all knew she was missing Friday. Um, But we just assumed she took the day off because it was her birthday. Well, Mm. her birthday is on Saturday, but you get my point. Um, And we called called and called and called and called and she never answered. And we were just like, well, maybe she's with Chris, her boyfriend. So we all went to whatever bar it was we had agreed to go to mm-hmm. I don't remember what that was now and we went we drank we had fun and then that guy that I had been starting to see had come and picked me up and we went to a different house party and I still called her and she still never answered um but you know you just you just never really think something like this would have happened right so um so the next morning I woke up uh, to my phone ringing and I answered it thinking it would be i don't know my mom or my sister and it was uh, this guy jim who was in our class i think that was his name older than us who's older than the rest of us
4: mm-hmm.
2: and you know he told me and i had a pretty bad reaction was pretty rude to him which i later apologized for and i you know i yelled at him and i told him he was, it was a stupid joke and I, he was a mean person and i was angry mm. and i hung up on him and then I um sorry, I get a little emotional when I remember. Take your time. So then I called the Erics and one of the Erics answered and I told him he had to go outside and get his newspaper because I knew he had a newspaper. And um and he came back and you know, he could barely talk and he was just like, Katie, I'm so sorry it's true. And so then I yelled at him, told him he was a bad person, and I was mad at him.
4: Hmm.
2: And then he wasn't funny. And by then, the guy I was with had gotten up, saw that I was upset, and I just yelled at him. I was like, go buy me a newspaper right now. And I was just yelling everywhere. And he was like, okay, so he ran out of the apartment to go, I don't know where he found a newspaper. And I was just in the apartment alone for a few minutes and I was trying to calm down and it was inauguration day actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and then he he came back and his face was sort of an ashen color and he didn't say anything. He just handed me the paper and then I just fell down. Mm-hmm. And then I cried forever. So, yeah, that's how I found
1: out. But where was, and what about Ashley, Tara's roommate and longtime friend? Where was she in all of this? Did she know that at her home at 160 Fawn Drive in the Deer Park subdivision that Tara was being brutally murdered? Well, no, of course not. In fact, this is how Ashley found out.
4: I mean, it was later that afternoon, I guess, after everything had happened, um, I think I was I out – I I visited my boyfriend, and um, I was driving home, and I actually was going home the wrong way, and I guess they had called him. And by the time I got home, I, you know, I think my parents had had a panic attack, too, because at the time they didn't know who it was in the house, and it wasn't our third roommate. But at that point they didn't know where I was and, of course, mm-hmm. her. So probably that, that afternoon after everything.
1: Mm-hmm. I think that I remember someone saying that there was one roommate that they couldn't get in contact with initially. I'm guessing that was you.
4: That was me. Like I said, <laughs> cell phones weren't or as... right. Right. I had my cell phone but I think the battery died and, you know. You know, it's pretty much a void at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I think everything I goes blank and you're just on autopilot at that point. To, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cause, you know, first you don't believe it and then you don't have a choice because I think we had to immediately go to Athens.
1: So with everyone in Athens slowly finding out about the brutal murder of Tara Louise Baker, there was a family en route to the classic city to find out what happened to their daughter that very night. You remember Miss Virginia, the very calm, sweet presence from episode one. Well, she was going about her day just like any other working on a project and then the phone rang. What do you remember about that day? I know that in my own personal experience with trauma, it's okay. hard to remember. Um,
0: it was a very rainy day, and I was consumed with trying to get these, as I told you, I was a, a leader for a children's group. We had several other senior leaders involved, but it was a national contest for you right away and we had done a lot of work during the year and that day I drove my husband and I went over to deliver one of the contests to and to get it signed by one of the other senior ladies and I just remember thinking I am, my heart is I mean I don't know what's going on I'm having trouble breathing today. And I said, it must be the weather. It just must be, you know, I don't, I just don't feel good.
1: So you felt something immediately off that day, probably, you would say.
0: I did, and then I came home, and I started working on others of these. There were probably 26 different big piles of contests to do. And I was working on them, and when Meredith came home from school... She was helping me. She got a snack and then we were putting them, sorting them into piles on the floor. And I was sitting on the sofa covered in all these things, Mm -hmm. trying to put documentation and dates and everything on these before we got them mailed off. And I got a phone call and it was somebody I didn't really, I mean, I didn't know this person, but she's identified herself as being with the Athens police. And she said, when is the last time you spoke with Tara? And I said, I beg your pardon? And mm. I, she said, when's the last time you spoke with Tara? And I said, I think it was, if not yesterday, it was the day before. And she said, has Tara ever been arrested? And I said, excuse me? Mm. I said, who is this? And she told me again. And I said, I'll call you back. So I didn't, I, it just sounded too weird to me. Mm. So I told Meredith, I said, I don't know if this is a prank or what, but somebody's trying to get a lot of information about Tara. So I called there and asked for her because I didn't, you know, I called the number that I could found on the computer or whatever. You right. know. To be sure. And they put her on the phone. She said, I kind of figured you'd call back because I, I knew you didn't trust me. And I said, well, it's kind of a strange thing to ask if somebody's ever been arrested. She said, well, we just wanted to know if she'd ever been fingerprinted. And I said, what is going on? Hmm. And she said, "Miss Baker, there's been a fire at Tara's apartment. And I said, oh, my gosh. And my thought was this poor child, she loves her antiques. She loved all the things she got from her grandmother and her great-grandmother. And I was thinking she is going to be devastated that there's been a fire and she's probably lost a lot of things and I'm going to have to go there and comfort her the best I can so I told Meredith to start you know picking up all these contest things just put them in somewhere we I don't I'm going to Athens I don't know how long I'll be there and you need to get in touch with some of the other senior leaders and have them pick these things up because I may be there for a while. Because in my mind, I'm going to comfort my child. Mm. And I ask more questions and more questions. And then in the, I told them, you know, well, can I speak with Tara? And they said that they had were not in contact with her. And there were two other roommates. And they said that they had found one of them, but they had not found the other. And I said... What is going on?
1: So they weren't really telling you what they already no, knew. No, they were not. Mm.
0: They were not. And then finally, as I protested more, she said, "Miss Baker, you need to come to Athens. And I said, I'm planning on coming. And she said, we have a body. Mm. And I thought I was going to die right then. And I said, well, it can't be, Tara. It can't be. And she said, "Well, there's one other roommate that we have not located yet, but Tara's car is in the driveway.
1: And was it common for Tara to leave her car to go to school, or would she would she take the bus?
0: No, her car was in the driveway there at the apartment. Mm -hmm. And no, Tara did not. She always drove to school. So, but this was apparently happened really early in." that morning mm-hmm. and they didn't bother calling me until like six o'clock that night wow and i demanded to know why i wasn't notified sooner and they said well we were trying to find the other girl and i said but you're telling me that Terrace car is there and you're telling me i asked him to describe the bedroom where the fire was mm-hmm. and they said it was filled with antiques and i thought oh
1: Virginia's full story and how the news was received by her children, Tara's siblings. Next time on Classic City Crime, I'm Cameron J. Visit us online at www.classiccitycrimepodcast.com to contact us or the Baker family or to become a Classic City Crime insider, getting weekly tips on this case. Classic City Crime is sponsored by Jared Mann Martin, Athens Realtor, hosted by me, Cameron Jay, and co-produced by my lovely partner, Kyle. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you right back here next Thursday with more on the Tara Baker story.